Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Do me a favor, take out those sermon notes you got on the way in today. If you are watching online or you're a digital person, you can always open that app. The sermon notes are available digitally for you guys to fill them out, and then you can email them to yourself. We are in part six of a series we've been calling Battle Ready, where we are helping you get equipped to win in this thing called spiritual warfare. And I love how God works because He really set us up to do this series during this moment. And for some reason, during this moment, I've heard from so many people that feel like, man, Aaron, I don't know if it could have come at a more perfect time. I'm in the midst of spiritual warfare, and I hope you're finding victory. And so if you have missed any of the previous five weeks, I want you to know you can always find them on YouTube, which by the way, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you should. We got great content that comes out every week. My leadership podcast is on there. We got worship content that's on there. We got sermons every week. So if you ever miss a week and you're subscribed, you'll get the stuff later. So we're pumped about that. All right, we are in part six. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter six. Paul is writing this to the church, equipping them, and he says it this way. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. That's the goal of the series, that we're totally equipped so that when the day of evil comes, and some of y'all are in the midst of it right now, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, Then he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. That was two weeks ago. That was the first piece of equipment. We talked about the importance of wrapping your life in truth, in absolute truth. And then he says it like this, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. That was last Sunday where I talked to you about the importance of having righteousness in your life. And then it says it like this, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of of peace, the gospel of peace. Now, I want to kind of give you a background. Paul's writing this while he's in jail. And while he's in jail, there was probably a Roman guard that is sitting there watching him and observing him. And he's looking at this Roman soldier and looking at his pieces of armor. And he's kind of outlining going, okay, they need a belt. Okay, they need a breastplate. And then he gets to this third part and he talks about these things called these shoes. And I'm going to write it, you can write it down in your notes this way. The title of today's message is The Shoes of peace. The shoes of peace. A lot of you guys, you walked in here today and you're filled with anxiety and you're filled with worry and you're filled with stress. And I want you to know you're going to leave in a few minutes filled up with peace. Can I hear a good amen today, church? Now I have like kind of a love-hate relationship with shoes uh, because growing up, my parents made it a point. I think they were just um, a little bit too cheap to ever buy us Um, name brand shoes. They wouldn't buy us name brand shoes. So I don't know if you were like us, but um, all my friends had the cool shoes. They had Nikes and Adidas and all those things. And while they would go to like Foot Locker and, and, you know, all those places to get their shoes, uh, my mom would take us to Payless. Come on, anybody Payless people in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're able to do a lot more fun things if we went to Payless. And so my brother and I, we didn't know, you know, growing up that it was a big deal until you get into like high school and college and you're still wearing them. And, and, and that was kind of my life. 
But I remember when I would get a new pair of shoes, I would, uh, you know, we put them on and my brother and I just had this idea that shoes could do something for us that nothing else could do. And so we put on these shoes and for some reason we thought we ran faster than we did before. Come on, anybody have those moments in their life? And, and, and we would start jumping and go, man, those shoes, they made you jump higher than before. Then I'll never forget I, 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 the one pair of shoes I begged my parents for and they never bought them for me. And don't, by the way, if you want to give your gift, pastor a gift, do not buy me these. I, I will not wear them. But I remember in high school seeing these things and where, uh, where it, was a, it was a dunk competition and this guy goes up to go and dunk, but before he does, he goes down to his shoe and you would think he's tying his shoelaces, but he wasn't. He was pumping up his shoes. How many remember the Reebok pumps right there? And I remember a buddy of mine had one of these and I was like, oh man. I was like, you know, he's 5'5". Five five. He, he thinks he can dunk now with these things on and it didn't work, you know. It's, it wasn't the shoe that made it happen. But, but shoes, you know, you had this whole idea that, man, shoes are designed for different things you're gonna be doing in life. So I'm gonna put some shoes up there and I want you to kind of respond with what your assignment would be or what you're going to do if you are wearing these shoes. So the first one is this one. Where are you going? Yeah, very good. I know St. Pete, they threw it out there. They got it. Hey, you're going to go golf. You're going to go, why? Because there's shoes that are designed for golfing. And let's try these right here. What are this next ones? There we are. Yeah, tap dancing. Y'all might not know this, but I was a tap dancer for you. No, I wasn't. I'm not a tap dancer. <laughs> That'd be fun. All right, what about these? Come on. All right, these, these. Yeah, man, shoot. You're going to go ride on a horse or, or just drive in Plant City, whatever you want to do right there. So, <laughs> that's funny right there. Line dancing with your friends. You know, you got some cowboy boots and, and that's kind of your things. And that would be your kind of your goal with those shoes. And, and here's your goal with these next shoes would be, to never date in your life. That's <laughs> that's funny right there. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be wearing Crocs today and go, the one day I wore them to church. <laughs> They're cool. They're cool. All right. So as Paul's writing this, he's looking at the Roman soldier and he looks at his shoes and the Roman soldier's shoes were very unique. And I actually, I have a pair of actual Roman soldier first century shoes. These are the shoes that they would actually wear. And I just want you to know like how big of a deal this is. So I have traveled the world. I've gone to Italy multiple times to try to find stuff like this. Um, Israel was there last year with the church before COVID all happened, looking for these kind of things. And I want you to know to get these kind of shoes, you can't, you can't get them all anywhere else other than um, Amazon. I got them on Amazon. <laughs> They're prime. You can get them in two days. <laughs> so, easiest sermon prop ever. So <laughs> They're like, does this guy ever preach? I'm getting there. I promise you. <laughs> so these are the actual Roman shoes that they would wear. And, and it would take some time. Like there's a reason that they talk about this idea that like, man, you gotta, you gotta get these shoes on. They're gonna take some diligence and determination to strap them all up, to bring them all up. And, and the bottom of these shoes, they would basically drive nails into the bottom of it and then cut them off, obviously. And there's a whole purpose and a whole, everything about the shoe is crafted in such a way for warfare. So let me give you the idea behind it because every piece of armor has a purpose. And the purpose of the shoes for those who were in battle was this, to provide stability and mobility for the soldier. I want you to write that down. Stability 
and mobility for the soldier. So we have to have both of them if we're gonna win in this thing called spiritual warfare. And so if you see the bottom of the shoes, these kind of cleats would provide stability for the soldier when he's in battle. So I want you to run it down because the stable soldier can stand firm when the enemy attacks. A lot of the Roman soldiers would be in hand-to-hand combat and there'd be nothing more, you know, destructive or even embarrassing than, you know, you go to fight and you slip in front of everybody. But this would create a grip onto the floor to where you can stand your ground. Remember what Ephesians tells us in our passage? Paul says, put on that full armor of God so that you can what? Take your stand. There's a stand that you're supposed to have against the devil's schemes. And then he says, if you didn't get it already, let me give it to you again. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. There it is right there. And after you've done everything, guess what you're able to do? Stand. And then after that, guess what you're able to do? Stand firm then. I think Paul has a purpose for us to learn to stand. And what I'm frustrated with is that when Christians don't understand that when they're under this attack, they don't have to be swayed like the world does. You don't have to fall like the world does. You don't have to be unstable like the world does. It can come at you, but you can stand firm because you got the shoes on. I'm going to teach you a little bit that God wants you to stand in this thing. First Corinthians, Paul says it this way. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Don't let that job loss move you. Don't let that divorce move you. Don't let those, that, those situations move you. Don't let your bank account move you. Don't let politics move you. We have to stand on what we believe. Stand on what is right. And I believe if we'll learn to stand, we'll be able to withstand all that the enemy throws at us. Here's the second one. It's simply this, is that you got to be a mobile soldier. So it's not just standing, but it's also being able to move around. Because what is the purpose? You ever gone to like, you know, England and you see this, the, the, the guards and they're just like, and they got the big hats on and the whole thing. And you just go and like trying to make all the faces in front of them. And I was like, my whole job when I was there is just to make, you know, get them to smile. Yeah. But I'm like sitting there going, this is really cool. But what if someone like actually tries to attack, you know, like these guys are like, oh man, I've stood for like 15 years. Like what am I, what am I doing? And, and there's this whole idea that no, you're not just called to stand. You're also called at times to move. There's actually territory God wants you to take. There's actually progress God wants you to make. That's why I love the mission of our church is that we exist to move people from where they are to where God wants them to be. Some of you guys, you've been so afraid. You've just been standing and God's saying, it's your time to move. Go take some territory. Go start a small group. Go to next step. Go to serve day. Move in this thing so you can be all that God's called you to be. And here's why it's important because the mobile soldier can quickly move into battle. And you need this in your life. You need to be able to move quickly into the battle that God has for you. When, when there's an attack on your family, you're not just standing back. You're going, no, 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 no. I've got the shoes on. I can get into battle on behalf of my children. I can get into battle on the behalf of my family. We can move. I love this. As Jesus was challenging the disciples, the master said to the servant, he says, listen, you need to go out. You're not called to just stay in. You're called to go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in. The church has been staying for far too long. Our, our goal is to go out. 
I love what Matthew says. It's, it's the great commission. Jesus says it this way. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. There is a going that God wants us to go out. So you gotta have your shoes on. So here's the question for you today. Paul says, you need your shoes on. You need stability. You need mobility. And here's what is the tool that's going to give you both of them. And he tells us this word that will give us the strength to do both of these things. He says it like this in verse 15. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Here's the word. We we talked about truth in one week. We talked about righteousness in another week. If you want to have stability and mobility in your life. Here's the word, ready? Peace. You need some peace. Now I've come to encourage some people today that they feel like all hell's breaking loose in their life. I'm here to say, you know what? There's peace available for the believer. There's peace that can bring you stability and there's peace that can bring you mobility to move in some situations. There's some things that have been chaotic that shouldn't be chaotic any longer because you're gonna bring peace into those situations. We have access To peace. And here's what peace is. Write it down in your notes. Peace is calm and tranquility of soul. So it's, it's, listen, we understand we already have peace in our spirit. We learned about that last week. But many times it's in your mind. It's the anxiousness. It's the worry. And now you can have calm and tranquility of soul amid, guess what? Really difficult circumstances. And I want you to know this should define the believer right here. This should define the believer. You should be able to walk around no matter how chaotic things are and just be at peace. I wrote it down in your notes this way, that peace should be the default of the believer. That because of who we have, because of the shoes we have on, that our default in everything in life is peace. It's not reacting, it's not anger, it's not, it's not violent, it's, it's nowhere at peace. People should look at people at Radiant Church and you're walking around town and you're just always like, like, what is up with that church? Everybody with those orange bracelets, they're just like, are they smoking something? Like, what is that? I'm like, no, we're not. It's not our church, I promise you. Like, another place, that's not us, I promise you. But what is it? What is the difference? The difference is that we have peace. We have, it, we have peace in our life. This is available for us. I love how Paul writes it in the, to the church in Philippi. He says, and the peace of God. It's not, it's not what the world offers. It's peace of God which transcends all understandings. Look what it'll do. It'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So you should be able to go through situations that the rest of the world is going through, but you experience it different than the rest of the world is experiencing it because you have peace. So we're gonna talk about it. How do we experience peace that brings us stability and peace that brings us mobility in our life? The first peace, write it down your notes this way, is peace is what I have simply because Jesus lives in me. And I want you to get this because this is so important because so many people don't know why they're not stable. And they're not stable is because they let culture or they let situations guide their life and they don't understand. You don't need to let that stuff guide your life because you're gonna be an emotional roller coaster. 
That's not what God's called you to do. You have Jesus in you. And Jesus in us brings us stability because we have peace no matter what happens to us. Now, Paul said it this way. Have your feet fitted with the peace, the gospel of peace. Now, this is important because if you're going to experience it, you're like, yeah, Jesus is with me. Then I have to let you understand that for Jesus to be with you, for you to experience peace, then you need to have experienced the gospel. Now, this is very, um, might be something you learn in second grade, but I'm gonna remind us what it means to have the gospel in our life because the gospel is a gospel of peace. The gospel, that word means good news. So I'm gonna give you the ABCs of the gospel. You might not have ever heard this, but some of you guys are gonna have something to present to your friends and they go, what is Christianity all about? Here it is, the ABCs of the gospel. Simply this, ready? Is that if we're gonna experience the gospel, we gotta first of all admit. We gotta admit that we're a sinner. We're sinners that are, that are broken, that are fallen, that are separated from God. We are not created at peace with God. We're not. We're alienated. So we have to admit that because until we get to that place of humility to where we can admit that we can't do it on our own, we can't experience the gospel. The second one is then we have to believe. So now that we admit there's a problem, we got to believe in what the solution is. What is the solution? The solution is that Jesus is the answer for our sin. That we couldn't do it ourselves, but he is not just a good teacher. He's not just a good, um, good prophet. He is our Lord and he is our Savior. He is the sacrifice for our sins. There was no other way, yet Jesus came and made a way. Can we give him some praise today for the fact that we believe in him? This is where the Bible says when we confess our, with our mouth and believe in our heart. What is that? We're confessing that who he is. We know who he is. So now we, we've made this decision to admit. We now believe. And now here's the C. Now we come to him. Now we say, you know what? Now I'm not going to do it my way. I'm actually going to come to God. This is where repentance is. I was going my way. Now I'm going to come to God's way. And this is important for us because the result of this is that we receive peace in our life. Where we were at war with God, now we become friends with God because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Isaiah tells us who Jesus is. He says, for unto us a child will be born. The government will rest on his shoulders, and it says like this, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and guess what? Prince of Peace. So when you receive Jesus, you receive peace that passes all understanding in your life. Colossians says it this way, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since you are members of one body, guess what you're called to? Now you're called to, you're called to peace. Jesus tells his disciples this way, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. By the way, God's peace is different than the world's peace. The world's peace comes in a pill form, comes in a drug form, comes in some kind of medication. And here's what it does. It provides you with temporary relief. But it's not what Jesus comes to offer us. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I did not give it to the world does. So don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I'm overwhelmed when I see how incredible this is, is, is activated in the life of a believer during the midst of turmoil. 
Because a lot of you guys, you've been through some crisis. I've dealt with it when you, you know, your husband passed away or your child got sick or you lost your job. And I call or your location pastor, someone calls you. And for some reason, as a believer, we experience peace that the world doesn't ever experience. I'm telling you, there's a lot of reasons to follow Jesus. I mean, eternity in heaven, forgiveness of your sin. One of the top ones, guess what? Is that you can go through the trials that this world goes through, but you can have peace internally when everything is crazy externally. Come on, give God better praise than that today, church. We can experience this. And I'm telling you, when you're in the middle of those moments and you'll, you'll have them in your life, because none of us are exempt from having problems in our life. But in the midst of those chaos, watch what happens when you lean on your faith and you see peace rise out from inside of you and you get to the other side. And I've heard it because many of you guys go, I don't know what would have been the case if Jesus wouldn't have been with me. I don't understand it, but when I went to bed at night, I had peace in my life. Why is that? Because guess what? You had the Prince of Peace living inside of your life. You don't have to have your peace based on anything else it's based on him so write it down your notes this way when my peace is based on my situations guess what you're gonna have shoes that slip and fall all the time but when my peace is based on my savior guess what i can do now i can stand firm i'm no longer prone to fall i've, I've got i've got some grip in my feet I've got some, but why? Because the peace I have is something that can stabilize me in any moment. And I know a lot of you guys are going through some trials today. We're going to pray for you in just a second. Because I'm believing that you're going to experience that peace of God that doesn't make any sense. But you're going to walk out of here in just a second and go, I just know God's taking care of it. It's not because something externally happened that's different. It's just internally we have God with us. Can I hear a good amen? Here's the second one. Because not only is the peace that comes with those shoes bring you stability, but it also brings you mobility. And here's the second one. Peace is now what I make because Jesus works through me. Now, uh, let me just let you understand this because let me t- when you're in the middle of crisis, you should have peace internally. But there's moments that you're not in the middle of crisis, but there's crisis all around you. Yeah. And remember I said it's not just for your stability, it's for your mobility. So there's certain times that you have peace in your life, but there's not peace in the world. And here's now what we do. We take our gospel shoes of peace and we now walk into battle and we bring the peace of God into situations that are chaotic. I I think this is important for us to understand because when Christians get involved in something, Things should get better, not worse. And what I get a little frustrated with is some of you guys, I won't call you all out, but you know who you are. When you get involved, it gets more chaotic. You got drama after drama after drama after drama. Put on the gospel shoes of peace. Put on those shoes of peace. Let it walk into situations. Man, social media should be better because radiance involved. Not worse. Not more drama. Not fighting. Your family... They should have less tension because you're in the room. Because you bring peace into the room. Your, your, your marriage, it should be different. You're not, you're not responsible for them. You bring peace because you've got the shoes on. And as a soldier, I not only have stability because of peace, I have mobility to walk into every situation and bring peace into that situation. 
If you've ever been in my office because there's drama or issues in your life, you know I've shared this verse with you. One of my favorite in all the Bible, Romans 12, 8. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, not them, not the situation, well, they didn't apologize. I don't care. Live at peace with everyone. Everyone. Walk in peace with every single person. So Paul writes this passage about having the shoes of peace. He's writing it to a church that is much like Radiant. It's a church of a lot of new believers that are from all different kinds of backgrounds. You have Romans and you have the Gentiles and you have these different people from different backgrounds. They all hated each other. They all believed different things, but they were all sitting together now in this church and they're all hearing this same thing and going, oh man, we... We now have to have peace with each other. I love this about Radiant because I know some of the like really strong opinions you guys have about things in politics and things, you know, and different beliefs, but yet you're sitting next to people that I'm like, if they only knew. <laughs> you're sitting next to someone that's completely opposite end of the spectrum on that, poly- that issue right there. But I love it because Paul wrote them early in Ephesians 2 and he says, for he himself, talk about Jesus, he's our peace. And you know what he does? He takes two groups and he makes them one, destroying that barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. And by the way, that's our example. That you should walk into every situation and you make the focus more, less about the political issue, less about the, the, the controversy, less about the problem, and more about bringing peace into those situations. So here's my last challenge. Are you ready? Jesus says it this way. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called the children of God. Notice it doesn't say the peacekeepers. There's a war going on between two countries. You know, the peacekeepers come in and like, hey, please stop bombing each other. You know, that's the peacekeepers. Peacemakers are different. Peacemakers go beyond stop bombing each other to now how can we get along with each other. There's a big difference between the two. And your job is not to simply be a peacekeeper, it's to be a peacemaker in your life. So write it down because you won't find peace until you make peace. So a lot of you guys, you're waiting for somebody else to make the first move. You're waiting for somebody else to act and your pastor is challenging you today. It's no longer their move to make. You've got the gospel shoes of peace on. God has saved you. He has transformed you. He's given you peace with God. Now it's your moment to walk into battle and bring peace into every situation you're at. It should get better because you're involved in it. I love this. Let me give you this last um, Hebrew word. There's a Hebrew word in the scriptures used over 200 times. And you've probably heard it. It's the word shalom. The word shalom means ultimate peace, wholeness. So what you do is in the Jewish culture is you would walk into a home and the first thing you would say is shalom. It's different than hello. Shalom means this. It means, oh, there's chaos here. I'm here to bring peace to your chaos. It's they took on the responsibility that anywhere they went, it got better because they brought shalom, wholeness into the situation. So write it down in your notes, ready? Since peace lives within me, I can now and should now establish peace around me. So I don't know what it is with your life. Some of you guys need the stability today. You're gonna receive that as we pray and just ask God to just reveal himself in you. There's others of you guys, man, you know the situation that God's calling you to. And if you're like me, here's my go-to when it comes to conflict. 
I avoid it. I avoid it. So if you're mad at me and you call me, I'm not going to answer. I'm sorry. That's just what I do. Cause I'm just like, I get scared. You know, I just avoid it. Like avoid it like a plague. I just don't like awkward situations. So we were dealing with one with my family for the last couple of months where it's just been conflict and drama, not between my person, my immediate family, my extended family. And it's just been a lot of drama. So I kind of stayed out of it, which is my go-to. Like, hey, let them fight, let it get all bloody and they'll figure it out. And even in preparing for this, God really convicted me. I said, Aaron, you getting involved with this should make it better. Well, that's not my, you know, they, they can deal with their own issue. No, 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 no. You bring peace into that situation. So I did my homework. I didn't just show up, hey, I'm here to bring shalom. <laughs> Y'all are all a mess. I am the answer. Did my notes, researched a little conflict resolution, walked in humility, and I stepped into that situation. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not spooky, I'm not weird. And I sat down and, you know, one-on-one, confronting, right face-to-face, and when I did, the peace of God was in the room. There's somebody, I'm telling you, I believe the Spirit of God gave me this message for somebody that needs to step into a situation. Maybe it's a family drama, maybe it's a kid that's wandered away, Maybe it's some issue. Maybe you haven't talked to your parents in years and you're going, there's just so much hurt there. Bring shalom into that situation. Get fitted with the gospel of peace where you think about the fact that God saved you. He made you right with God. And because of that, I'm gonna bring that same peace into no matter what situation we're in. Which by the way, can I encourage you right here? It's what we're gonna do as a church. We're gonna see lost and dying and broken situations all over the Tampa Bay area. And we're not gonna go, well, they can get it together. They just need to come to our church. No, 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 our church goes out and we're gonna serve and we're gonna bring peace and we're gonna bring hope and we're gonna do our part because we are peace makers in Jesus name so here's my question I'm going to close it out with this is where is God sending me to bring his peace where is it where is he sending what is the situation I don't want you to answer some of you guys you're going so dysfunctional maybe you're the solution to put those gospel shoes on to bring peace in the midst of that battle I want us to do this all over Tampa Bay I want you to stand your feet we're gonna have a moment where I'm just believing God is supernaturally gonna impart peace and assignments, stability and mobility. You're gonna get your shoes on today and you're gonna go into battle and be all that God's called you to be. Here's what I want you to do. You're, you're in one of our services today and you're sitting there and you go, Aaron, honestly, I'm dealing with some war, some battle, and I need peace internally right now. I need to recognize I need to identify that God is with me and I need him to give me supernatural peace that passes all understanding. Here's what I want you to do. If that's you, I want you to lift both hands just like this right now. I know there's hundreds of you guys that are needing that right now. There's a second group and you know there's a group of people that God is calling you to. There's a situation at work. There's a situation in your marriage that you've been avoiding and God's saying, no, 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 you walk and bring peace into that situation. If that's you, I want you to also lift your hands just like this. All right, we're doing it to receive because I'm believing right now we're gonna receive peace that passes all understanding that it's gonna guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So why don't you close your eyes as you're there to receive. Lord, I pray for your people right now. Lord, many of them are so overwhelmed with the battles around them or the struggles within them. Lord, let them receive your peace right now. Peace, tranquility, a shalom over their soul. 
first of all, those who are in the midst of chaos, would you bring order and peace into their life right now? Lord, those who are struggling, bring resolve in their life right now. Let them walk out of church today with such assurance and such peace that you are for them. Now there's that second group. Lord, they know the assignment you called them to. You know the battle that they need to go into. Bring them the equipment necessary to walk into every situation with shoes that'll bring peace, resolve, conflict management, restoration. Let situations get better because Radiant Church is involved in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, give them some praise today and let's worship one more time. Come on, sing it out. earlier that's maybe the first time you've ever heard that the fact that there is peace available between you and God your sin no longer has to separate you but here's the, the steps you got to admit that you're a sinner admit you can't do it on your own then you've got to believe that Jesus is the answer he's the savior he's the solution you're looking for we got to we got to believe that that his death on the cross is the solution to your sins and then you got to come to him this is the repentance factor I'm gonna turn my life from doing it my way, I'm gonna do it God's way. That's you today. I'm gonna to give you a second right now, at the end of this service, to commit your life to Christ, to come to Him. Admit, believe, and then come. That's you. On the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up, wave it at me, put it right back down. We're gonna pray for you right there in your seat, and I believe God's gonna forever change your life. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, throw that hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, dozens of people. Thank you in North Tampa, thank you. Thank you and Brandon and St. Pete at the Heights, those online. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together? Let's say it. Say, dear Jesus, today I make a decision to come to you. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive me of my sins, my past, my present, and my future. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate lives changed for eternity? Oh, come on, let's give it up for them. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.